thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a review published in the New England Journal of Medicine has linked intermittent fasting to improved health, slowing or reversing of aging, and a reduction in chronic diseases, including obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancers, and neurodegenerative brain disorders. Whilst the authors acknowledge that the results can be variable and influenced by things like sex, diet, and genetic factors, they claim that the positive link to longevity is the most consistent. They show that studies in animals and humans have shown the many health benefits of intermittent fasting are not just the result of reduced free radical production or weight loss, but are related to more complex adaptive cellular responses that improve glucose regulation, increase stress resistance, and reduce inflammation, just to name a few benefits. And not only did the fasters live longer and with less disease, they actually performed better both physically and mentally too, with improvements in running endurance, balance and coordination, as well as spatial learning and memory in animal models. Authors did, however, note that despite the evidence for health benefits of intermittent fasting and its applicability to many cases, there are impediments to the widespread adoption of these eating patterns in the community and by patients. First, A diet of three meals with snacks every day is so ingrained in our culture that a change in this eating pattern will rarely be contemplated by patients or doctors. The abundance of food and extensive marketing in developed nations are also major hurdles to overcome, they said. They also recognise that on switching to an intermittent fasting regimen, many people will experience hunger, irritability and a reduced ability to concentrate during periods of food restriction whilst pointing out that these initial side effects usually disappear within a month, and patients should be advised of this fact. They also point out that studies of the mechanisms of caloric restriction and intermittent fasting in animal models have led to the development and testing of pharmacologic interventions that mimic the health and disease-modifying benefits of intermittent fasting. However, the available data from animal models suggest that the safety and efficacy of such pharmacological approaches are likely to be inferior to those of intermittent fasting. As always, the link is in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this, first of all, it's important to note that many of these studies are done on animal models. And we really need to be careful with a lot of these studies that are done on animal models who have very different nutritional requirements, very different energy expenditures, very different makeups to humans. So we really do need to be careful when we extrapolate from animal models through to humans. However, having said that, there does seem to be some great evidence here in the human models starting to support what we have seen in the animal models. It's also worth mentioning that many of these are short-term interventions. And you know, a lot of our studies that we do in the health world are short-term studies. And it's really important, especially when we look at the rise and rise of chronic disease in our society, that we start looking at things over the longer term as well to make sure that we're not only creating great short-term benefits, but long-term benefits, health improvements, longevity, all of those things too. So it's really important that we keep studying this further, that we can, we can learn a lot more about this area. But what we have so far is very, very promising. I think it's important that implementation shouldn't be limited by practitioners' own hang-ups. You know, it seems that in many cases... Practitioners feel that they would struggle to intermittently fast. They, they don't see how it fit into their own lifestyle. And as a result, it seems to be hurting their ability to communicate the benefits and the research to their patients. In a world of evidence-based medicine, it is really important that the evidence is being passed on in a really unbiased manner. And I think in intermittent fasting, it's really important that that happens as well. I think once again, the studies show that real food and fortitude trumps drugs. Doing it 
the real way, actually intermittently fasting, eating healthy food in between rather than relying on pharmacological interventions, it just makes sense that that's the way to go. That, you know, in such a complex body as the one that we have with such complex mechanisms for dealing with food and dealing with fasting, trying to intervene with such a blunt tool as a pharmaceutical intervention, it's very hard to see that outperforming doing the real thing and doing it well. There are also now on the market many other uh, supplements available with the, that are aiming to either mimic fasting or mimic ketogenesis. Or There's a plethora of tools in the, in the market there, many of them involved in seemingly pyramid schemes of marketing and the like. And, and once again, I would suggest that really what we're seeing from the research, certainly from my experience, is that Real food wins out again. You know, if you really want to get yourself into a ketogenic state, if you really want to get yourself into a fasted state, then the best way to do it is with real food. And if you want to use periods of fasting, then you certainly can do that as well. You know, one of the mentions in this study was that within the first month, you know, people may notice hunger, irritability, reduced ability to concentrate. In my mind, a lot of that is to do with our modern diets. You know, we do have incredibly high carbohydrate diets. We have a lot of processed foods. We have a lot of sugar in our diet. And as a result, we get used to that regular hit of energy. And once we've burned up that quick hit of energy, we tend to have a crash and we need to keep refueling constantly. So we've kind of trained our bodies to have that constant never-ending supply of quick hits of fuel. And to me, that's a large part of why people struggle when they do switch to intermittent fasting. So for me personally, my experience was going from more of a paleo way of eating into intermittent fasting was actually quite easy because my body had already adapted to eating fat, uh, to using fat as fuel very efficiently. And so as a result, when I started introducing some intermittent fasting, it was well able to use those fat stores within my body as fuel as well. So if you're thinking of getting into it and looking for a softer, gentler way of doing it, it may be that just getting your body into a bit better fat adapted state, increasing the amounts of fats in your diet, decreasing the amount of carbohydrates in your diet might be a good way to prepare yourself for moving it if you do want to try out intermittent fasting. If you do want to try out intermittent fasting though, make sure you're doing it in a healthy way. Make sure you're doing it because you love your body, not because you're wanting to punish your body. Make sure you're consulting your health professional. You know, I think we see a lot of people in the health world who are doing intermittent fasting for the wrong reasons. Many times they're doing it for the purposes of weight loss and sometimes they're not doing it from a purpose of loving their body and wanting to lovingly lose weight because they want their body to thrive but because they feel bad about themselves. They have food issues. They have body image issues. And I think even many of the experts and professionals and influencers in the community, I shouldn't say many, but some of them, I think do have these similar issues as well. So we need to be really careful that we're promoting this in a very healthy way, in a loving way, once again, consulting with our healthcare professionals before taking on these sort of challenges and making sure that we're loving our body and looking after our body and nourishing our body and Really importantly, I think, is that if you are going to intermittently fast, then in my mind, the quality of the food that you eat, the nutrient density of the food that you eat in between those fasts is even more important. So fasting is showing very, very promising results in a number of different areas from disease reduction to longevity to mental and physical performance. If you do want to give it a go, by all means do, but do it in a loving way and make sure you consult your health professional. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.